Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And today we're going to focus on resolutions or goal settings. Um, I've really never liked resolutions because I feel like putting something out there in the future that something's really big sort of denies our everyday experience of striving and attempting to be better people. And so for me, I've always just done little personal goals and tried very hard to live by the values that I think are really important to kindness, compassion, uh, generosity, and integrity. And Dr. Polo is going to join us today to talk about why it is important to sometimes make big resolutions and how we can actually be mindful about making sure that we meet these goals in a framework that honors who we are and what we really care about. But first, I want to thank our sponsors at Active Recovery TMS. Active Recovery is changing its name to Active Path Mental Health. And that's because the team at Active Recovery know that every one of us is on a path to mental health and we all have different journeys. They are making sure that there's all kinds of resources there to help you in your quest to feel better, including transcranial magnetic stimulation, ketamine-assisted therapy, and talk therapy, which I am absolutely excited about some of the new studies showing that esketamine therapy can be as or more effective than antidepressants. It's really important to give people options, especially those who have had difficulty having their antidepressants stop working. Welcome back to Beyond Well. We're going to be talking about goal setting, resolution setting, and how you can be a happier you in the new year. And Dr. Jim Polo joins us to talk about goal setting and resolutions. Hi, Dr. Polo. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you, especially in this new year. Yeah. Do you make resolutions? I do. I do. Do you really? Can you I share really... what your resolutions are this year? So, you know, it's interesting. Most folks make resolutions that are focused on themselves, you know, some kind yeah. of self-improvement. Those are the most common. I usually try to think about something that I can do for somebody else. So it's usually a, hey, I'm going to do a better job of connecting to my kids this year, or I'm going to do a better job of saying thank you to my wife for all the things that she does for me, or I'm going to do a better job of walking the dog. Oh my God, my heart's pounding for you. That's beautiful. That's incredibly beautiful. I was reading this statistic that now it's like about an 85% failure rate on resolutions. It's super high. It's super and high. I want to talk to you about the reasons that happens. Why? Yeah. Why are we so bad at it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's important to understand that if you make a New Year's resolution and you don't succeed, there's actually still a lot of benefits from that. And so it's important to understand really what New Year's resolutions are all about, but they're about looking forward. They're about being hopeful and optimistic for something that's going to be better. Mm -hmm. It's about taking responsibility for something that you want to change. Yeah. Um, it's about having the in intentional approach to being honest with yourself about where you are and by default, where you would like to be. Mm -hmm. And just making a New Year's resolution and sharing it with others can be an inspiration to other people. So even if you fail, 
there's a lot of good reasons that will help your mental health by just making a resolution and jumping in. Yeah. You know, I'm very curious because I think the people that I know make resolutions, it ends up being, I could put it in a couple of categories. One is I'm really ashamed of myself. I'm going to restrict myself. I'm going to make my life kind of miserable while I try to make my life better rather than a more sort of holistic approach to who we are as human beings and say, I'm going to support myself and recognize that this next change may be hard, but I love myself while I'm going through it. Yep. You're exactly right. Um, Very often, most commonly, uh, those resolutions that are based on self-improvement are because people feel bad about something. Yeah. So that's one of the first things that you have to kind of get over. You know, people will say, well, I want to lose weight or I want to increase my uh, exercising. I want to decrease smoking. And really what they're saying is there's this part of me I don't like or this this part of me I I, I really think poorly of. OK, yeah. so so, um, you know, one of the reasons why why people end up failing, though, is because they don't focus on the why. Mm-hmm. Why is the real reason that you're setting a resolution, what's behind it. Yeah. And if you can begin to understand what's behind it, then you're more likely to actually succeed. Yeah. So you're saying, especially let's take weight, because that I think is the number one resolution is to lose weight. So it's not about that I want to look better in clothes. If you dig really deep, it's about that you want to be around for your kids and grandkids, right? And be healthy. That would be a much better why. And it can actually be both. It can be, hey, I want to be healthier, be around. And oh, I want to fit into my clothes that I yeah. that I spent a lot of money on. One of the challenges with setting new year's resolutions is we tend to be goal focused. In other words, we have a simple goal, lose weight, for example. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we need to be process focused because to actually lose weight, you have to have many different little elements that are all working together. So you can actually change. If you don't change, then you're not going to, you know, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. And so to lose weight, there's many different things that you can put into a plan that will actually help get you there. I appreciate that so much, Dr. Polo, because I have a partner who, unlike me, I don't have that problem. He puts on weight he will either start restricting himself to the point where he gets so like mad or he ends up kind of stopping moving because he wants to eat less. And I'm always like, oh, it's just a few little things. Just eat a little less, move a little more. Feel the energy of having moved more throughout the day because of the stress of work. It gets really, really confining if you can't move. And then make better choices when you are deciding what to eat. What is it in the mentality that makes us go so all or nothing on these particular goals? Well, one of the reasons is because we have this goal and we have this expectation we can just get there. We just want to get there rather than getting there slowly. Weight is a great one to talk about. So people might say to themselves, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, the reality is from a physiology perspective, safe weight loss where you can keep it off and not really feel that you're losing it is no more than about three to four pounds a month. So if you were going to lose 20 pounds and you wanted to lose it and feel good about it because that's now your new stable weight, it's going to take you easily four months, maybe more to actually get there. We tend to think of our goals as I want to just do it tomorrow. Yeah, right. 
And we're so conditioned to have everything exactly when we want it, right? Exactly. Google wasn't very helpful with that, with having to actually take a process to find something. And so my own personal thing was I was going to try to do dry January last year. I have a nightly glass of wine that I look forward to. I love cooking when I am sipping a glass of wine. It is something I really love. And then I started thinking like, wow, am I becoming dependent on this glass of wine? And so last January, I tried to cut it out completely. Dr. Polo, all I could think about was like what time it was. <laughs> all I could think about was, is it three o'clock and I have that glass of wine yet? Honestly, I decided it's much easier for me so that I don't restrict my brain to think, have a glass of wine whenever you want, just keep it at one. Yeah. And so there's something about our brains being trained that when we are restricting, we're thinking a lot about what we're not giving ourselves, right? Yes, yes. And and here's the other element that that you're probably highlighting that, that you may not realize you're highlighting. You, you've gone from an all to nothing change. Yeah. And oftentimes that's not necessary anyway. So for example, um, if I heard you correctly, you said that you've been drinking a glass of wine each night as you're making dinner Celebration. Or for the evening, whatever. Yeah. So what if you had set a more reasonable goal of saying, hey, look, I'm only going to have a glass of wine three to four times a week. I'm uh-huh. just going to cut back a little bit. The why is I want to make sure I'm not over drinking or I don't want to get dependent or I don't want to uh-huh. feel like it's a crutch. And now you have a much more reasonable goal where you haven't tried to go from something that you like yeah. to like not doing it at all. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what I'm doing this year. I'm calling it damp January rather than dry January. <laughs> damp January. I like that. I've never heard that. It's, I like it's that. Made be- it's way better. It's also really interesting to me because I was talking with my sister who is a Buddhist and she was saying, you know, I think what you're looking for at that hour of the day is a mind shift. You're trying to get into a different, more creative, more sort of feminine, like, she used the word sexy. I'm not sure that that's what it is, but you know, I'm trying to get into a different era of the day. And she said, how can you do that without your glass of wine? What is it that you could do? And I was like, oh, what an interesting way to think about it. You know, oh, I, th- I think your sister's really onto something that's pretty yeah. smart. You know, if you get back to the why I want to cut back, et cetera, so on and so forth, but you have been doing it. And so what could you do instead? Remember, creating a plan for change means right. you got to change your behavior. And oftentimes the way we can change our behavior is actually by substituting a different behavior. Instead of drinking a glass of wine, I'm going to intentionally spend half an hour sitting in the chair, reading something I've been wanting to read and just relaxing before I yeah. or get to the evening or whatever. So that, yeah. So I think your sister's idea is really great. Well, it's an amazing one too, because we often don't really explore the mindset that occurs when we're doing the behavior that we may be a little worried about. She's absolutely right. I love that I get looser. I love that I'm not so do focused once I've had that glass of wine. What are the activities that I could do that could help me achieve that mind state without alcohol or drugs? I think that's a super point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When when you look at these, some of the other goal setting ways, because I've loved looking at some of the young Instagram influencers who are saying, let's come up with a more mindful resolution, like maybe 
giving more to nonprofit groups or our time, you know, giving energy to other time, buying less fast clothing. I mean, part of, I think the tyranny of resolutions is the categories they're in. It's always lose weight, get a better body, get a, and it's kind of a restrictive goal. When you talk to me about your resolutions, those are super cool. Those make me excited. Well, you know, uh, I feel blessed because frankly, um, I know what all my faults are and I, I deal with them all the time. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I, and, and I struggle hard to just be a good person. And so I don't really think I need to do a whole lot to like become a better person. I just need to continue what I'm doing. And that's yeah. why I tend to focus outward. But the most common resolutions are either about self-improvement yeah, or something to do with job work uh-huh. or something to do with relationships. Now, when, when folks are struggling, I encourage them to think about a resolution in the relationship arena. Um, maybe there's somebody you've had a bad relationship with, or maybe there's somebody that you're distant from that you you want to get closer to again. Maybe you've been ignoring your family and and you're realizing that you know time is precious. So working on relationships can be a great resolution that gives you something back that's more than just I'm a better person because yeah. I, you know, yeah. look. Look and uh, and your partner is definitely going to realize your effort, right? They can yes. see that right away. It's a yes. daily benefit that you get when that happens. I was reading about why a lot of um, these things fail. And one of them was don't do a resolution that other people want you to do, you know, because then you resent it. You don't have the kind of mindset that you need to do it anyway. And you end up failing way quicker because you can blame someone else that it was a stupid idea in the beginning. That's very true. I do see that with a lot of people just in terms of like heart issues or drinking issues or drug issues. It's often an outside source kind of forcing them to make the change. So talk a little bit about why it is so important for us to be in charge of the decision we do make. Yeah. So that's a really great point uh, for listeners to really recognize. Remember that at the end of the day, if you're going to change anything, you have to have a reason that's important enough for you to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Doing it for somebody else oftentimes doesn't work. They they might have a different reason for why they want you to change something, but you still have to have your own reasons for why you want to change something. One of the biggest challenges folks have, though, is that sometimes the resolution that they want to make does put them into a position of feeling like, well, how how do I incorporate this into my life with other people around me? Mm-hmm. I generally tell folks, if you've made a resolution, share that with your friends and family. Let mm-hmm. them know what you're trying to do. Yeah. Ask them to help you. Yeah. Rather than trying to keep it a secret, hey, I'm going to try to do this and not really tell folks what I'm doing so that I will just, you know, be better in a couple of weeks or whatever. But it's important if you share it with other people, it's kind of a way of creating a an accountability. And in fact, it's even better if you have a partner, yeah. find somebody that, that maybe you work on it together. Hey, we both want to, to exercise more. Let's be partners and hold each other accountable. Yeah. I love that. For me, Dr. Polo, some of the, of the smaller goals, like just making sure that the area that I'm working in is really calm and organized some of making the smaller goals actually sets you up for success with the larger ones. Have you noticed that? Like if you do just little things, like when you get up, make the bed, 
when you take your clothes off, hang them up or put them in the wash. So that is a great point. There's no question that you can take little steps to eventually get where you want to be. So for example, if your resolution was, let, let's say that you're the kind of person where your house is always messy and cluttered and, and your desire is, hey, I want to have a neat house because then I feel more comfortable when people come over. So just saying I want to have a neat house might be a bit of a stretch for some people. So maybe what you do is you say, hey, I'm going to make a resolution that I'll make my bed every day. And, and you focus on that. And later on, it might be, hey, I'm going to now add to it I'm going to clean up the kitchen after dinner every day. Mm -hmm. And so rather than trying to lop off the whole big goal, you take it in little steps and pieces. It makes it yeah. a lot more uh, easy to just focus on the change that you need to make. And it all contributes to, to the final bigger goal of, hey, I just want to have a neater house. Yeah. I've also just read about the importance of just kind of journaling the good steps that happen daily. You know, we so often focus and on the negative and beat ourselves up for what we didn't do that day. But it's it's kind of rare for us to take sock and go, you know what? I did do the dishes and clean this and I made it to work and I was a good positive employee. Like actually giving yourself a little bit of credit by journaling is really important. Well, it's really important whenever you set goals to actually track your goals because yeah. sometimes the change is very little, but you only notice it after you're tracking it over time. And yeah. when you see those changes, number one, they become a reinforcement. Hey, I'm making headway on top of the fact that you should celebrate. Give yourself a treat. Say, hey, look, I did this and this is great. I, hey, I made my bed five days in a row. Wow. Yeah. Because I've been tracking it on a, on a little sheet. So tracking it, journaling about it, thinking about it, that's ultimately what helps you really make that change that you're wanting to make internally. I also um, think about like how different your treats have to be. If, for instance, your goal has been to lose weight, you can't treat yourself in the traditional way with, you know, a carton of Haagen-Dazs, right? right? And so having a new replacement of something that you really, truly enjoy, buying yourself a new book, you know, making something that's like, uh, that feels like it's indulgent, although it's not going to hurt your waistline, seems really right. Important. Oh, I think that's a great idea. You know, there, there's all kinds of things you can treat yourself with. Hey, I'm going to go to the movies. Hey, yeah. I'm going to go uh, out, or I'm going to spend time with a friend. There's all kinds of things that you could that you like to do, that you can say, I'm going to do more of this as a reward to myself when I hit some of my goals, and you know, and that can be a very effective way to to continue to focus. Dr. Pola, I just want to move just for one moment into the kind of more serious addictions, um, including screen time, including alcoholism, including substance use disorders. When people have actually changed their brains to the point where their bodies rely on either the serotonin hit from looking at your phone or the alcohol hit when the sugar hits your brain, what do you do to try to get that kind of help? Because it doesn't feel like a resolution is particularly right in that in that sense. Yeah, so that's a great point. It could be that sometimes what you want to improve needs more than just a resolution. So let's use yeah. screen time. Let, let's say you're the kind of individual that has become glued to your phone, glued to screens. You're, you're no longer meeting with people going out. You're, you're constantly, uh, and you realize it's impacting you. 
Okay. And it could be that just setting a simple resolution to yourself, hey, I'm going to just cut it down, okay, won't actually work despite detailed planning, despite tracking, despite everything. So when you have something like that, the first thing that you, you really still have to do is you got to ask yourself, what's the why I'm doing it and what will be better and different for me to change? Mm. And then the next issue is, do I need help? Can yeah. I can I really get help from somebody that's going to help me move in a different direction? Sometimes that help can be a friend. Yeah. Sometimes that help needs to be somebody that's professional. When it tends to be addictions, it usually needs to be somebody that's a professional. Yeah. I'm so buoyed by all of the young kids that are going to flip phones so that they don't waste their entire lives on social media. It's really... It's like one of those grand resolutions, you know, where they're going to change their lives by winning back more time to do creative oh, yeah. things, you know? Yeah. yeah. And for, and for some folks that will actually work. Yeah. Which is great. And then in the substance use realm, I mean, I know a lot of people try to quit drinking on their own who actually need professional help because their bodies have become really addicted to the substance. Yeah. What happens to a person who decides to try to do that alone, Dr. Polo, and then has that horrible withdrawal that people talk about that yeah. is actually making their bodies really, really sick? So when it comes to alcohol, one of the challenges, most folks cannot assess themselves to know they're actually addicted or dependent or how bad that really is. And so yeah. if you try, if you try to attack that, you can sometimes do it in an unsafe manner, and the outcome of that unsafe manner can sometimes all by itself make you feel like this was a bad mistake, uh, this was yeah. a, a bad choice, okay? Yeah. So for example, the individual, and, and I've seen this so many times before, that that really decides, I need to stop drinking, and they go cold turkey, and sure enough, a day and a half later, they are in massive withdrawal. They might even have seizures, end up in the hospital. They're, you know, critically, critically impacted. And, and the reason is because they actually needed to have a different approach to how they slowly cut back mm. rather than just cold, cold turkey. So when it comes to addictions, it's better, first of all, admit that you have an addiction that that's interfering with your life and that you want help for it. Yeah. And then reach out to professionals and get some options and let them help you along the way. It also creates a little bit of accountability that you're taking responsibility for reaching for help. Yeah. And then you've got somebody that's going to be helping there with you. You know, I have known so many people who go through rehab, Dr. Polo, and it seems like they have a lot of energy and enthusiasm when they're surrounded by the people at the group or the rehab center. Then they come back they're back in their lives. They experience the same sort of stressors they had before. They might experience even a new type of loss and boom, their addiction is right back in their face again. Yep. Have you ever talked with clients about that particular period when so many of the regressions take place and people relapse? I have. And what one of the most common things people will tell me is, hey, when I was in that environment of rehab, there was no judgment. Yeah. Everybody else was struggling with the same stuff. The folks that were helping us, this is what they did for a life. They, they were not judging us. They were just helping us get better. We go back to our regular lives and all of a sudden, who knows? Who doesn't know? What do they think of me? Are they judging? 
Um, and so when it comes to addictions, one of the things that we try to help folks with is you've got to, first of all, accept that it's your problem and you can be honest with the people around you. And sometimes you may even need to change the people that you're around. That may be part of the problem. In fact, when it comes to alcohol, sometimes the problem is all of your friends are drinking yeah. and it makes it really hard to be part of that gang if yeah. you're not doing the same. I have so much respect for people who can weather through it, you know? I, I'm always amazed when I hear somebody, and this happens uh, more often than I sometimes realize, but I'll be in a conversation with somebody. We'll be talking about something that has nothing to do with, with alcohol, but somewhere in the conversation, they'll say, yep, I'm in recovery. It's been 30 years. And I'm thinking to myself, 30 years and you're still focusing on this? And actually, that's one of the ways in which they hold themselves accountable. Hey, even though I haven't had a drink in 30 years, I'm at risk. And this is how I'm open and honest, both with myself and with others. Mm. And actually, I applaud folks for that. I love um, ending on that note. It's such a hopeful note. And it's also... Um, impressed upon me, Dr. Polo, that I'm going to make a different type of list that extends my energy outward towards others. I really love that type of goal setting. That's amazing. Well, uh, there's nothing that makes it magic to only make resolutions at New Year's. So I often will tell folks, make a resolution at New Year's, but when you achieve it, make a new one. Make a new one. <laughs> make a new one in June. <laughs> oh dear. I, f I fear that next book coming along right now in my head. Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> I'll hang up now. Thanks, Dr. Polo. So good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too.